podcast Rule of Law Rules from the Conrad Adenauer Foundation. My name is Angela Daly and in this new podcast we will talk to international experts about the rule of law in the age of digitalization. We will gain insights into recent developments in different parts of the world. For example, we will have a look at the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, better known as the GDPR. How has it influenced data protection worldwide? How is data protection handled in other parts of the world? How can we establish international standards and what will happen next? We are going to ask our first guest, Frederick Richter, these questions for this inaugural Rule of Law Rules podcast, which will launch on Data Protection Day. Our first guest is Frederick Richter, the director of Stiftung Datenschutz, a non-profit foundation based in Germany. He is a lawyer by background, specialised in law and information technology. He has more than 10 years of experience in technology, politics and policy. Welcome, Frederick, and thanks for joining us. Hello, Angela. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. To start, three quick statements. I will start a sentence and you can finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Data protection is my favourite topic because... Because it's indispensable and I like it personally very much and it's very interesting to work in that area. The first time I realised the importance of data protection was... It was the development of the internet in the end of the 1990s. Data protection is a typically German thing because... Because of our history in Germany, we had two dictatorships based on data. Can you tell us more about what your organisation, uh, Stiftung Datenschutz, or the Foundation for Data Protection, is doing in this area? The Stiftung Datenschutz, uh, the German Foundation for Data Protection, uh, which was established uh, in 2013 by the federal government, the foundation sees itself as a kind of uh, platform for discussions around data protection, data protection law and um, data politics, and also as a platform that should bring uh, information on the GDPR and data protection questions to the people and especially to those uh, organizations uh, who have to follow the rules, who have to implement GDPR stipulations. And um, doing so, we want to bring together the uh, different views uh, that there are concerning uh, data protection. The implementation of the EU General Data Protection Regulation in May 2018 is seen as a significant development as it marks a new era for data protection across the globe. What do you think of the GDPR? Well, the GDPR really is a milestone in legislation um, because uh, before that we had uh, 27 different legislations in um, Europe, uh, uh, in the European Union, and now the revolution um, does not necessarily come from the content of the data protection law, but from the unity uh, where the EU went to. And also it set a global standard. There are many states and regions in the world uh, which take uh, the GDPR as a point of orientation for their own privacy laws. Abroad in California, you could uh, see it with the Californian Consumer Protection Act and also other s states like um, Brazil 
or some Asian states uh, took the GDPR as a kind of good example how to modernize and how to align your ideas of data protection. Do you see differences in the approach to data protection in Europe? Yes, of course, there are differences because of the different importance that data protection had in the different member states um, in the past. Uh, of course, in Germany, we, we always um, had this uh, data protection uh, idea as a very um, uh, crucial point where some energy has to be put in by legislation, also by enforcement. That is why we had the first um, uh, data protection authorities in Germany. We had in the federal state of Hesse the first uh, um, data protection law in the world in 1970. We frankly have more experience in um, designing data protection laws and enforcing them than other member states. But of course, uh, we, we cannot say the Germans are the best when it comes to data protection. We have to respect also other cultures of data protection within the European Union. Um, can you give us an overview of the data governance situation in Germany more generally? So um, I assume I know that the GDPR has been implemented, um, but can you tell us a bit more about how that has happened in Germany and perhaps uh, why some of your stakeholders have the views that they have so around either enforcement or data protection being too bureaucratic or not strong enough? Yeah, when it comes to GDPR, um, it seems uh, that the Germans have a special kind of role in that. And uh, this is right, because when you uh, look at the uh, concrete uh, content of the GDPR, and then when you compare it to the data protection laws Germany had before GDPR, the Federal uh, Bill on Data Protection, the Bundesdatenschutzgesetz, which we had since uh, the end of the 1970s in Germany, you will find many elements which are quite similar. So um, we, the Germans, are used to many uh, meanings of many provisions of the GDPR, um, although many of our smaller organizations, of SMEs, of charitable organizations, they never felt the duty to go that deep into data protection compliance before the GDPR. So also um, with the German With the German um, industry, uh, with all sectors um, in uh, Germany, uh, there was um, yeah kind of surprise uh, what uh, which duties from data protection are to be to be implemented um, into their daily life after 2018. Then in 2018, uh, the Germans were the first to have a law that implements uh, those parts of the GDPR international law where that was necessary. Uh, it's the new Bundesdatenschutzgesetz, um, the um, successor of the first uh, Bundesdatenschutzgesetz. But that does not mean that all um, that everything was clear uh, after this national uh, implementation, because uh, there were those uh, who said the GDPR is not that uh, effective when it comes to protect uh, the single person, the, the natural data subject against those international data platforms. 
And others said, uh, well, the, the GDPR is much too bureaucratic and it kind of uh, chokes um, new business models uh, in uh, Germany. Uh, perhaps there were those discussions in other EU member states. Uh, I think they were and they are still. So it is not that we are the best to implement the law. We were the first to make efforts in legislation. And of course, uh, we have a, a strong debate around some details uh, right now, especially when it comes to German uh, peculiarities uh, like the Datenschutzbeauftragte. In our um, companies, there has to be a person who has to uh, advise um, the leaders of the company when it comes uh, to data protection compliance. This is a uh, kind of old model. We have this since decades in Germany, and we try to uh, export this uh, into the um, uh, GDPR area, uh, into the other member states of the EU. We succeeded in a way that there are provisions into the in the GDPR to have uh, such data protection advisors within your company, also in other member states uh, by now. But uh, although we have the discussion in Germany, if this is really necessary uh, for for small and medium-sized enterprises to have uh, such people, we at Schiffen Datenschutz we believe it is necessary to have them because uh, they can contribute to a very good implementation of the GDPR within your house, within your organization. But there's an ongoing discussion on this. So in Germany, we are not perfect uh, in that state, but we are on a very good way. So in your view, do you think it's fair or appropriate that huge companies like Facebook and Google are subject to the same data protection uh, obligations, broadly speaking, as a small or medium enterprise in, let's say, your town in Germany? Um, yeah, that, that uh, leads to the question if it's a good um, approach to have a um, kind of one-size-fits-all legislation. Because when you look at it um, as a whole, it seems like yeah, uh, treating uh, companies of any size uh, the same. But when you look um, into the law some deeper, there are uh, certain points where the efforts um, to, to documentate, to, to inform your customers is much lower when you are not a, a company like Facebook, but perhaps a producer of uh, screws and hammers, <laughs> because then you won't do any profiling or other uh, very, very uh, risk-related tasks with um, special kinds of data. Uh, contrasting this, this notion of a one-size-fits-all legislation, there is the approach of a risk-based approach into the GDPR uh, woven in, because um, uh, data protection always has the aim to protect um, people against risks developing uh, from data processing. So it depends. It always depends on the risk um, you create, you generate uh, when you process data, uh, how much efforts on technical measures uh, you have to uh, implement in your in your procedures in your company. So that is where a risk-based approach um, is um, built in. Uh, when you see the the technical measures you have to implement. Has the private sector been involved in these dialogues 
Um, is the private sector in Germany working with regulators and data protection authorities and policymakers in a collaborative sense to enforce and implement GDPR standards? Yes, I would say so. Um, on the one hand, you have the obligation from the GDPR uh, to work with your uh, DPA that is competent for your doings as a company. But if we don't look at the law, we, we have to look at, uh, at practice. And of course, um, most of the companies, they don't want problems with data protection. They don't want um, harms for the reputation. They don't want sanctions. They don't want fines. They don't want uh, media reports on fines. Um, so, um, of course, they are very interested in the view of the um, um, regulators and DPAs uh, how in uh, their respective federal state the GDPR has to be uh, interpreted and so we see a dialogue of course that is a matter of uh, capacity because the federal states uh, don't fund their DPAs uh, in the way uh, that would be appropriate in my view. There are hundreds, thousands of um, enterprises in one federal state but then there are between 20 and 80 um, uh, staffers working at the at the DPA. So they, they cannot advise all of their companies because um, yes, it's a matter of capacity. But I would I would recommend the federal states to um, to fund the DPAs uh, better than they do today um, because uh, the result would be more knowledge um, about um, the best way to implement GDPR in your federal state. And what about from the regulatees side? Has compliance with GDPR standards in Germany been good on behalf of the private sector or is there still some work to do? Of course, there's still a lot of work to do, but we are on a very good way. Um, I think data protection is uh, now uh, to date one of the fixed parts of uh, compliance the company looks on. When you would have asked um, a range of companies in, let's say, uh, 2010, 2009, uh, how about their data protection efforts and uh, how about their the number of people uh, in their enterprise who uh, deal with data protection questions, uh, it would have looked disastrous uh, in comparison to today, uh, where not only uh, the large companies uh, do really care for data protection, because it's, it's a normal part of compliance. And uh, of course, um, some spectacular fines uh, have their part <laughs> in, in uh, um, reaching this um, uh, status. Because if there is a fine of some million euros, uh, media will cover this and um, um, the C-level of companies will read this and will ask their, uh, their legal department, are we fit in GDPR issues? Are we fit for data, data um, uh, protection compliance? And then uh, there will be concepts uh, developed and implemented. Perhaps um, it's, it's a matter of size because the larger companies, they were quite good prepared also uh, on the brink of the new norms uh, coming into practice in, in, in May 2018. When you look at Deutsche Bahn, Deutsche Telekom and, and such uh, large players with a lot of staff also um, in the, in the data privacy department, they were quite uh, well prepared for GDPR coming into force. And others, especially uh, smaller ones, uh, didn't have 
that uh, capacity uh, that days and they are still on their way uh, to um, kind of perfect if perfection is reachable at all kind of perfect uh, gdpr compliance so there is a way uh, in front of us there are things to do but i see the german economy in a good way and also public authorities have to comply with data protection um, norms in European Union. Um, how has that been in Germany? Have uh, government agencies, whether at the federal level or at the level of states, been good at complying with data protection? Well, of, of course, um, uh, state organizations have to show a good example of uh, data protection compliance, especially in Germany, where the, 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 the fear of um, too broad surveillance is in the um, DNA of the Germans when you look at the, the, the German past. So we have a very, very uh, sharp um, uh, look at what the state does. There are no significant scandals reported uh, in Germany when it comes to how the um, the state um, um, uh, processes data. Of course, we have pros uh, discussions um, more on a political level uh, how um, the the state and um, its agencies should be able to deal with data, especially secret services, uh, the police, and uh, other organizations. Perhaps that is more in the focus of the public discussion uh, than how, um, let's say, a municipal uh, servant deals with data. It's, it's more focused on um, the police and yeah, intelligence agencies. We've spoken quite a lot about the situation <coughs> in Germany. Um, obviously, that's where you're based and where your organization is based. But has your organization had much involvement in debates and uh, dialogues in Europe or internationally about data protection? Um, of course, we, we follow the development. We are not um, an international player right now. We are a national um, foundation. We are um, founded by the uh, federal government. And it took us some years to show that we also have to be funded some better than we were in the past. Uh, we are on a good way uh, by now. The federal government um, for this uh, new year has uh, granted uh, better funding to us, so we will expand our activities and perhaps also shall some uh, kind of deepen the international dialogue with other uh, entities like us uh, in Europe, perhaps also some uh, trans transatlantic issues um, uh, to cover, because the way um, data is processed, the way data usage is regulated um, has to be discussed, uh, yeah, perhaps on a global uh, level. Just look at the um, decision of the European Court of Justice concerning transatlantic data flows, the Schrems II um, um, judgment, and uh, these are all issues that have to be um, discussed uh, on an international level. What do you think will be the future of data governance activities in the region over the next few years? Uh, how important do you think these developments will be and how do you think they will impact upon data governance internationally? 
Um, when it comes to data governance, um, the whole uh, usage of data and the, um, the protection of people has to be thought together in a more holistic way than the past, I think. And uh, there are certain voices who say we have to foster the use of data for the common good as well as we have to protect people from the misuse of data. And uh, perhaps uh, there is a there is a great chance to think these two um, lines together in the in the future. We have the GDPR. This really is a success, and we'll see if the Data Governance Act will become such a success as well, and will become such a orientation point for other legislations in the world as well in the future. And I think this is a chance that the European Commission has to grasp and has to uh, think of when it comes to fill the Data Governance Act with life. And, of course, uh, also uh, antitrust law and data protection law have to be um, th uh, thought together when it comes to uh, regulate uh, large global platforms. Because um, data protection uh, law alone uh, is not the um, sufficient instrument to regulate uh, the strong power of international platforms with uh, data-based business models. Thank you, Frederick. That's the end of our longer questions. Um, but we would like to finish the podcast with some more quick questions for you. So again, I'll start the sentence and you can finish it. So first question, data protection is so big in Europe because? Because we have a big history in data protection. Data protection still needs <clears throat> to get better at? At corresponding with the dynamic needs of practice. And finally, the rule of law rules because? Because the rule of law protects humanity. Great. Thank you very much. This was the first edition of our new podcast, The Rule of Law Rules, with our guest, Frederick Richter. In the show notes, you can find out more about Frederick, links to the Foundation for Data Protection and more information about the Conrad Adenauer Foundation and its Rule of Law programme, which this podcast is part of. Join us for our next episode at the end of February, when we will be talking to Joanna Stupiaro. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel, where we will release new episodes of the Rule of Law Rules at the end of every month. If you liked this episode, then please give us a good rating and tell your data law geek friends about us too. I hope you've enjoyed our new podcast. See you next time. Mm -hmm.